Hello everyone, my name is Michael Aze and joining us today we have Maria Juarez and Evelina Martinez. Evelina is a director of the College Assistant Migrant Program, also known as CAMP here at the University of Idaho. She's also a UI alum who um, served as a mentor to first um, generation Latinx students since 2006, first as a CAMP program advisor and now as a CAMP director. Uh, Maria is a senior here at the University of Idaho studying psychology. She has served as the Diversity and Inclusion Program Assistant for the University of Idaho Women's Center as a strong advocate for farm workers through her work with the Student Action with um, Farm Workers Organization, also known as SAF. So to kick things off, we're going to start with a this or that game. So money or free time? Mm, free time. I for sure go with free time. I think I when I have free time, I'm napping. So for sure free time. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and uh, say free time because um, if we don't have that time, then we can't spend the money and so I'm going to go with it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'll go with money any day. I like money, so free time can come after you have the money. So Netflix or Hulu? So personally, I um, I pay for Hulu, so I'm going to have to say Hulu. Um, I'm going to go with Hulu just because they come out with new episodes weekly. And when it comes to anime, they have both English and the Japanese version. Okay, yeah, for me, Hulu, because it's the cheapest and it comes with like Spotify and like Showtime. <laughs> so Hulu all the way. So music or podcast? I won't say podcast because you're on a podcast. <laughs> Ooh, you know me, Michael. I'm going to go up against you. I'm going to say music. I think I barely started listening to podcasts like last week. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, music as well. But I do want to sh- thank you, you know, for ho- for having us here today. And I also do want to shout out one podcast that I'm listening to. It's the Brown Sound Podcast. And it's actually some of our uh, former U of I, like alum. And, um, and so it's Javier Garcia and Daniel Spalding. They have created the Brown Sound podcast, and so that's one that I listen to. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So coffee or tea? I'm gonna say anything iced. I I'm really big on tea, so I think uh, I like coffee too. But if it's iced, I'll take both. But tea tea is the preference. Coffee runs in my blood. <laughs> I need my coffee. Yeah, I'm not a big coffee guy. Like it, I don't like the taste it leaves in my mouth. So I'll see all the way. See <laughs> all the way. So the last question is um or the last this or that game question is um pancakes or waffles. Pancakes. I grew up with pancakes every Sunday. Blueberry pancakes, to be more specific. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do, yeah, I'll go with pancakes too, but with uh, like whipped cream and strawberry. Ooh. Strawberries, yeah. Yeah, we need pancakes because they're really easy to make. You just put it on the pan, put my syrup on, and that's it. But waffles are easier to make, to be honest. You just put it in there, you close it, and it's like ready. But you have to get some money for the uh, waffle maker and all that, and upkeep. A pan is always there, and you can use a pan for multiple you things. You have to pay for a pan. Still, <laughs> but you can use the pan for like eggs and all that, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to dash straight into the questions. So for the first question for both of you, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. So we're going to start with Amrivlina. Okay. Yeah, so I, um, I was raised in Southeast Idaho. And I'm a proud daughter of immigrants. So my parents are from Mexico. My dad's from Jalisco. My mom's from San, San Luis Potosí. And um, like I said, I was raised in Southeast Idaho. I, in my senior year of high school, the University of Idaho camp um, team came in and chatted with us about opportunity. And so I was, they really opened the door to um, higher education for me. I was able to come here, study. I graduated from the University of Idaho and um, I've been working since. So I worked uh, for a year um, at the Office of Multicultural Affairs as their administrative assistant. And um, I've been with camp for a while, so since 2006, as an advising specialist. And then now more, more recently as a recruiter, as a, excuse me, as a director. And um, I also just want to say that um, in 
my free time, I just really love spending time with my family and my partner, Jesse Martinez, and my bulldog, uh, my English bulldog, Cookie, mm-hmm. and just really appreciate like the support from my family. Um, they, they always just support me in everything I do. That's awesome. And for you, Maria? Uh, yeah, so I'm also from Southern Idaho. I come from Burley, Idaho. My parents also do come from Mexico. Uh, I think roughly around 30 years my family has been here, maybe even more, um, especially working in ag. Um, camp also came, I think, a little bit later than most people. I actually came up and visited the university to visit a friend, and then he's like, hey, like, I really see you here. Um, you should try, and it came to be that I qualified for camp, and I was, I was able to come up here, and then ever since um, I came up, I was able to do so many things thanks to camp. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I like to snowboard. <laughs> uh, I can ski, too, which is pretty cool. I think um, I'm really close with my friends, so that's what I do a lot is just kind of get together, do homework, and then kind of goof around. But, yeah. Mm, that was awesome. Yeah, I wish I could ski, but, um, you know, that's not my thing. We'll, 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 <laughs> later life, man, later life, we'll figure that out. So second question is, um, can you tell us more about the camp program, its importance, and the challenges you faced over the year? Yeah, so with the camp program, so we're, we're a federal grant. We're funded by the U.S. Department of Education under the Office of Migrant Education. And so University of Idaho Camp um, has been here since 1999. So we've been here for over 23 years um, here at the institution. Uh, we're funded in um, every five years, so we get our funding in, in cycles of five years, like I said. And we're funded to serve students that come from migrant and seasonal form working background so that's really really important it provides access to those um, communities to the students and um uh, you had said also challenges faced or the importance um i think regarding challenges faced like more specifically i guess like with students like coming from the the uh, migrant seasonal farm working backgrounds a big some of the things that, that those students face are the majority are first generation so it is really navigating this whole higher education system for the first time um unfortunately some of our parents didn't have the opportunities or like or older siblings may have not had the, the opportunity for to to attain a higher education even though they may have wanted it and so um it's it's really about access, so providing access to students um, financially, providing financial assistance, and really guiding the students through the whole uh, process. Some of the other challenges that I, I also want to uh, mention are uh, possibly like lack of role models. You know, again, because maybe they're the first in their family to go, like um, they might not have those those role models that have attained a, a degree, um, or even at the institution level, like are they seeing faculty that are similar to them that have the same background? Are they seeing other staff members that have that same background? All of those things are very important. And financial concerns are always like really big um, a lot of our students come from limited all of our students are Pell eligible um, and so a lot of them have that limited income background right and so the uh, financial assistance is a big is a big um, thing they need that financial assistance right and for you Maria I believe you're part of the camp program right can you share your experience in the program and the impact on your college experience yeah, so I think uh, having the opportunity just to come up through such a program was really enlightening to kind of seeing myself in higher education at first and never given much thought, and it wasn't always so serious. It's like something that, oh, maybe I should do college or I could do college, but they helped me like solidify that decision of what I wanted to do. And so being able to kind of get that advising really like close and kind of the, um, we had some certain um, kind of requirements requirements as first year, so like study hours and as well as we had a um 
sit down and like finish our polio hours in the polio lab. Um, we had like to attend cultural events, and so it really helped raise my cultural awareness, not within my own culture, but for any other type of minority that's on here. So like um, Island Pacific or more like events, and I was able to kind of get closer to um, all types of different community members, especially through the Women's Center as well. But um, just being in camp allowed me to kind of have a set group of people I can really like go to already that were in my same position of like their parents worked um, probably throughout their whole like lives and they couldn't really experience like certain events with them. Like maybe, like I didn't get sent off to college. My parents were working when I came up here. And so I could relate a lot of that of like ag really took my parents away from me growing up and these um, students in my cohort felt the same and so we were trying to pursue something really great and greater for our parents and for ourselves and so camp really let us um, put into a playbook so we can kind of make decisions um, more responsibly in being able to like decipher what path we wanted to go down to and so um, it was really it really helped create I guess the college experience that I wanted which is being able to um, use a lot of my potential and the ambition that I felt because I feel like I could do so much but I just didn't know what to do and um, camp literally set up those resources like in front of you like here's the person that you go to here's the office that you should go to and here's the person that you should talk to you know and so it's like you can't miss when it's literally right there for you to use in hand and so um, I really do thank camp for that because I before then I didn't know how to use my resources around me to make things easier. Yeah, that was awesome my freshman year I had a couple of friends who were in the camp program yet then I didn't know a lot even till now I don't know a lot but I think after this conversation I will know more about the program and I didn't know of how important the program is, so it's great to hear that. It's great to hear that. So I know you touched upon this, um, but um, what are some of the services offered by um, the program camp? And I know there's like a class students take when they're part of this program, so can you touch on some of that? Yeah, so uh, we, the services that camp provides, we, we kind of categorize them in three ways. So we, we serve the students academically, financially, and culturally. And so for the first um, the first point there, academically, you're right, they do, we do have a, a couple of camp courses that are students take. So first uh, first semester, they take a first year transition seminar. And so Mari's talking a lot about uh, the resources. And so we really bring in partner with different offices. We bring them in um, and the students are able to learn about like time management, study skills, procrastination. Um, for that class, um, our students also do a project. The final project is on the farm worker movement. And so that's really important because that's again, tying back to their background, right? And so um, they, they do a presentation on the farm worker movement. And I think that really sparks um, that that interest in like learning about their history and um, the, the, their parents' work history as well. And so that's one of the classes. They took another class in the spring semester. It's the um, Career Exploration Seminar. So those are two classes. As, in addition to the academic, um, in the academic piece, we also have an advising specialist. Her name is Stephanie. And she, um, she helps the students with you know, tutoring needs. We have a study table sessions that Mari has mentioned. Our students are required to do man, uh, uh, study sessions there at, at our office. And so we are able to like just follow up with them, check in with them. How are we doing? How are you doing? Um, and we also we also serve as like secondary advisors. So we work really closely with other advising um, advisors here on campus. The second point was financial, the financial assistance. And so uh, we provide a supplemental scholarship to our students that um, get accepted into the camp program. And also for out-of-state students, they um, any out-of-state students, we're, we work with the diversity scholarship committee and, we're, and we um, help them get an out-of-state tuition waiver. And so that's like a big support for our students that are coming out of state. Uh, additionally with that, it can be, 
um, there can be a lot of challenges with the financial piece. Like that's a big question that we get always from parents. Like, how are we going to pay? Like, um, and again, coming from limited income backgrounds, like that's, that's huge, right? Some of our parents aren't even making like what it is to um, come here for a year. And so it can be really, really um, just a concern, right? And so we break it down. We, all of our staff is bilingual, bicultural. So we're able to like break down the FAFSA. We're able to like go over financial aid estimates. That way we talk about loans. That way they know like the whole process and what they're paying. And the last point um, is the uh, social cultural support. And that's the biggest one. Like that's the most important one I feel because um, even for me, like I was a camper, I was a camp student back in 2000. And so I'm a product of the program. And so I was able to like also be a part of the program. And now it's like amazing. And I'm just like so honored to be on the staff side now. And I really enjoy my job. And um, I have seen that, you know, it, it brought together like our community. Like I came in with like a cohort of other students, like my similar background. And so it really like empowered me to feel like this is my university, you know, like and and want to stay here and graduate. And so that's 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 the big part, the cultural, um, the cultural support and just the culturally responsive um, events and and activities that we do with our students. Uh, I also want to mention in that in that point, we do one of those one of those big events that we do is Farmworker Awareness Week. And so um, we today actually uh, March 20, March 25th, uh, we start with uh, Farmworker Awareness Week. Nationally, it's celebrated from the 25th through the 31st. And so our students, um, again, they they really take the lead in planning events. So we have an amazing lineup. uh, And so we're just excited to to celebrate, you know, farm workers and honor the contributions that they make to our nation. Yeah. So what are some of the events? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so for the kickoff, um, all week long, actually, we are having a long um, sleeve shirt and glove and hat drive. This is any type of clothing that can help our farm workers that are in these really harsh sun rays and pesticide exposure, so kind of to give them more protection, because some um, kind of aren't able either to go to the store or, like, sometimes they just wear their um, clothes until they tear, so we really like to provide more clothing for them. Some of the locations are in the camp office, um, and the Diversity Center in the ISUB, as well as the College of Agricultural and Life Science Building, the Vandal Store, and the Women's Center. Um, as well as today, we have our blood drive. So that is going on until, well, 4.30. By the time this comes out, it's going to be over. <laughs> but yeah, we had a blood drive, or we're having a blood drive, um, the Cesar Chavez blood drive. Um, what's our goal? Is it 30 donations? Um, I think we had 42 sign up for the blood oh. drive, and so we were good. There was a lot of interest. There was a lot of people wanting to sign up, and so that's amazing. We're, we're we're glad to see the support. It's also, we, we call it the Cesar Chavez blood drive. So in honor of one of the co-founders of the United Farm Workers. And so, um, yeah, yeah, we've been doing that for quite a bit, quite a bit of time now. Yeah. And so then on Monday, March 28th, we have our bandana project. So that is a campaign raising awareness for um, sexual violence in the, in the uh, fields for female farm workers that they face. And so it's um, a really deep and it's a really deep event that I really believe people should attend to because it's, it's, silent it's like a silent cry that a lot of these women's um are looking for help but no one really takes it seriously just because one there's a demand um for workers and they are in need of um income so it's kind of an internal fight of trying to reach for help and us trying to see them so and then on tuesday march 29th um oh actually as well on monday we have our film screening dolores which is also as most know dolores cuerta was fighting alongside of cesar chavez with throughout the whole movement so it's kind of um a film honoring her of course 
And then on Tuesday, March 29th, we have Voces del Campo, which is we're really excited about. This is kind of more personal. This is, I think, mine and Evelina's personal favorite event mm -hmm. because it's these stories, these uh, beautiful pieces put by community members, um, students, myself, even staff like Evelina who come together and share their stories in the way that they want um, to um, kind of give to everyone to feel kind of how it feels coming from the fields or family that come from the fields. So it's a really good like personal experience that those who want to become an ally can really feel. And then on Thursday to kind of end the week, we have our keynote speaker, Monica Ramirez, which actually is the founder of the Bandana Project, um, which is we are really excited to kind of have her since we've been doing the Bandana Project for quite some time with the Women's Center and camp during this week. And so having her, um, the main the main girl come and speak to um, through a webinar is really cool to be a part of. So yeah, make sure to register for that. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Aze and I'm the Director of Student Resources for ASCY and today we have Julia Kelleher and she's the Director of the LGBTQA office and she's going to be giving us a short spill on the resources they offer here at the university. So thank you Julia. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm Julia. I use she, they pronouns. Um, I've been the director here at the University of Idaho for the LGBTQA office uh, since 2012. I'm coming up on my 10th uh, school year this fall. And the LGBTQA office originally came from the Women's Center. And I think that's something that many folks aren't too familiar with is that, uh, you know, we originally started as a position as part of that. Uh, and so we officially uh, separated from the Women's Center back in 2013 and became our own standalone office. And I think that shows commitment to the university by the university, showing that they support LGBTQA students here on our campus. And we kind of do things um, in multiple ways, different programmings and events, just depending on um, kind of the time of year and what people are looking for. We do community building events, like every month or so we have our LGBTQA family game night, which is a free board game night and specifically focused on providing a safe space for anyone to come in and have um, fun, play some board games, meet some people, talk, build community. Um, otherwise, we have uh, different events throughout the year, including like our Lavender Celebration, which is coming up in this April, which celebrates all graduates across the University of Idaho, but it's a very small um, gathering, so it's a great way to kind of come in and get a rainbow tassel and be part of a community and celebrate your accomplishments as you know, graduating in any part of their time here at the University of Idaho, or honestly, really just celebrating being finished with another academic year. And then we also do things throughout the fall and spring semester that are more educational focused, so like looking at uh, um, providing resources, like going to new student orientation, um, hosting our annual ice cream social every August, welcoming people out to campus and letting people know what programs and events and services and matching faces um, faces to people you've maybe seen in their residence hall or in their, in their living communities that you may not have thought were part of the community or not, um, or are an advocate and supportive of the community. Then we have other things like National Coming Out Day, which is in October, which is part of LGBTQA History Month. We, bring, we do, you know, tabling, we um, bring in keynote speakers to talk about different aspects of LGBTQA plus identities. Um, in November's Transgender Awareness Week around our transgender aware, you know, different programs surrounding transgender identities or those whose gender identity is different than what's assigned to them at birth. We'll bring in speakers, do educational events. Um, a lot of the programs just kind of come year by year. We just, I do events I think people are going to want to see and they come up. I, we do um, LGBTQA inclusive sexual health education. Um, we do, we have advising opportunities for students. So students are looking to get a little more social support or academic support and they identify, you know, as either a member of or a uh, advocate or ally for the community. They can come by and get help with me. I'm always 
is willing to chat with people, provide support as needed, and, and resources. Um, I think it just depends on what you're looking for. We're here and the LGBTQ office, we strive to be as welcoming and open for every person, regardless of how they identify. That was awesome. Thank you so much for that, Spiro. Um, where can we find your office? Yeah, so we actually, the office is located, uh, the lounge, our student lounge, um, unfortunately, is still not open because of COVID. It's still pretty small, but I'm hoping to open it soon. It's located in TLC 227, and then my office is located in TLC 230, inside of the Office of Multicultural Affairs Suite. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Julia. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, that's awesome. You talked a lot about the bandana project, and I was reading an article uh, like two days ago, and I saw that Maria was actually <laughs> part of it, like launching at the University of Idaho itself with a com- couple of other students. So, do you want to talk more about that project? Uh, yeah. So the bandana the bandana project um is kind of reoccurring annual with Women's Center. Um, I took it on as a student staff project, a student led project that when I was working at the Women's Center. So it's just coming together for a presentation that gives facts about um the women. Uh, in the fields and what they face and then as well as trying to like raise their awareness and kind of what people like us on the outside can do to empower those on the inside and um, we kind of just get together and paint these um, bandanas to kind of uh, not just stand in solidarity with them but to kind of give a message for those that really don't understand what's going on and to send those powerful central workers in the fields that are facing these types of sexual violence that we we hear them and then we're trying our best to um, kind of get them more seen on that issue. So. Yeah, thank you for touching on that. Um, yeah, I have a question, another question for the board of you. So what role do you think representation plays in recruiting students for this program? And I want to hear it from the recruiting standpoint and also from um, the recruiter standpoint and also from the recruitee standpoint, if that is a word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as far as like representation in recruiting, uh, we have our first of all, we have a recruiter. We do have a camp recruiter um, within our within our camp program, and that position is currently vacant. We hope to um, fill that soon. But um, having a, a person that understands that has that background or understands, you know, the issues that migrant season students that come from migrant seasonal farm working families face is really really important. And so again, like being able to like talk with their families, like explaining, breaking it down, a lot of our students um, may not have heard of FAFSA or they don't know like the admissions you know process and so it really is like taking them step by step you know Um, and so it it really is again being culturally responsive in like everything we do and changing it like shifting the things that we do like still doing what we need to do but in a different way right and so that's what um, that's what it really takes like for example for me like it was really like it was really recruiting like my family too like my family had to be on board with me coming you know and so that's what we understand that it's not just like the student you know ex- you know the student is the one that's like making the calls yes um they are um the one that's going to decide ultimately but it really is like a big family like um family family i guess decision yeah um yeah i guess from like the student standpoint it was it was like a lot of information but i think kind of in an overwhelmingly good way uh to finally know like okay i'm not alone on this because kind of going into even just filling out FAFSA, I was so confused. Like, I have an older brother that went through the college process, he graduated and all, but him having his own life away in college, I can't call him up every time and be like, hey, like, what does this box mean? And um, having that assistance and like, hey, like, we'll help you take care of, like, and see what we can do through the financial aid, like, here, like, the steps for registration and everything, kind of having that lined up made everything seem um, like I can breathe through this process because coming from, like, a first generation, uh, you know, family, it's like, you feel 
feel like you have to have everything already understood. Like you have to know what to do without reading the instructions. And even once you read the instructions, like you um, have to pretend like you don't need to get that help because you can't ask your parents for help. So um, being recruited through camp, uh, through camp and having them assist me throughout my first year here was truly a blessing because I know I wouldn't want to put that weight on my parents of having them worry like, oh, can she actually survive on her own? Um, but camp gave my parents that reassurance like, hey, like we'll take care of her. Like, um, and that really made them more comfortable with me coming up here um, because they knew that coming from such a program that advocates for families and students for us to go for higher education like they wouldn't set me up for failure and so that I think that's what really helped my parents come at ease with this decision but other than that they were like no not the baby like you can stay here longer but no they were really they were really glad I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for camp I'd have to put like a little bit more of like some like good hours and cleaning the house for them to let me come all the way up here yeah, thank you for touching on that. I feel like representation is a really important aspect when it comes to recruiting. Um, like, I'm from Nigeria. Um, the people who recruited me to your vibe, they got me in contact with some people here, and uh, like the African Students Association, and I was like, oh, there's students from Africa here in Idaho? Like, where's Idaho, you know? So I feel like that plays a huge component mm-hmm. in, in recruiting. So the question I have for you, Maria, is um, can you talk more about your experience with the student action um, for farm workers? How did you get to know about that opportunity, and what did they do, or what do you do as part of that program or the organization oh yeah yeah i love talking about <laughs> staff and they know this too um but i guess first and foremost like the way how i heard about them was actually through camp um evelina mentioned that um kind of during one of our classes that we take is like a career exploration type of course um so that's when like uh, previous campers who did internships come and talk to us about their experience um, so that's when I first heard about it, and one of my best friends actually went um, into his second or his third year, and so when he came back, um, and after COVID, of course, um, I ended up applying. And so SAF, Student Action with Farm Workers, is a nonprofit organization in North Carolina that um, is surrounded by other sponsoring programs who kind of advocate um, to bring students and uh, farm workers together and working together to help um us like I guess help the farm workers fight these injustices that they face kind of um, give them more resources provide more like financial aid social health um, legal aid so um, the program that I was an intern for is called into the fields program internship so it's a summer um, internship of course and it's um, off of five about five six branches so there's like legal aid migrant education as well as um, health agency um, advocacy like lobbying and community like outreach so there's different ways of like wanting to get involved into that um, nonprofit. So what I did was like the health agency side. So I was um, going out to these fields, taking health assessments, giving toiletry bags to these farm workers. Um, and within that, like you really see how much like they don't have because some of these like farm workers, I remember when I would hand in these bags, I'd be like, oh, like I literally have had this on uh, my toothbrush for so long. Like I was waiting for y'all to come so I can get a new one. And so it's like that type of work that like really hits you and it shows you that there's such a demand for more. And so that's where um, this program comes and brings a lot of students who feel the same way, that have that passion and fire to make a difference and help these farm workers um, come together in all different types of aspects and like um, different ways that they want to help. So maybe, you know, health isn't your way, but you want to go in the legal route. They have that option too. So you can get involved in so many other ways. But yeah, it was a really great experience overall. So we'll leave it going back to, to them again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I will be going back in the summer actually. I was uh, I was so pleased to actually get the position as program assistant this summer, so I'm really excited to go That's back. That's awesome, congratulations. I'm so proud of her. Thank you, thank you. I was telling Michael about it too when we were on the tour. I was like, I'm so nervous, <laughs> like I'm sweating. He's like, you'll be fine. But yeah, no, I'm so excited to go. That was awesome. We also got, I think we also had other three other mm-hmm. three other students from University of Idaho that are placed in internships with Student Action Reform Workers. So, yeah. Yeah, they, it, staff just makes a big, big, we just see changes, you know, within the students, like as they go in intern and come back, like they're just eager to like get involved and like, just give back, you know, continue mm-hmm. giving back. And so I'm excited for all of them. Yeah, that's awesome. I was also reading another article. I think this article was written like two, three years ago, and there was a student from the camp program who was actually working at staff at that time. So that's it's really good program okay yeah so with that that is the end of the podcast are there any last minute additions anything you want to talk about before we wrap things up um i guess just be more open to listening to stories these are essential workers um a lot of people don't know where their fruits come from their vegetables even poultry and dairy anything Mm. like there's someone's hands had made that manufacture that for you to enjoy while they are missing out on a lot at home and i feel that as a as a daughter and as well as um an advocate for them so definitely just listen to these stories if anyone can come to any of these events i would push for our voices del campo or voices from the fields definitely beautiful event very touching so i would just really want to thank the planning committee for farmer awareness week um, just students all of the sponsors all of the different offices that are contributing to the to the pro, to the different events and activities um it's a beautiful week and so we're just excited uh, to be celebrating and honoring our farm workers yeah, that was awesome thank you both for being here today and yeah thank you for thank having you. us it was fun si se puede.